and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. Broadcasting from the Morton studio today, I'm Darren Hefty. We're getting a corn crop update on today's program. And of course, if you want to talk about your other crops, that's fine too. But specifically today, I wanted to talk a little bit about corn. So if you do call in, I'll probably ask you if you have any corn and just see what you think. And right east of the Ag PhD field, they sign... The field's beginning to put on tassels, and I, I noticed that driving by this morning, and I, I got thinking about, man, I wonder how everybody's corn crop is doing. I, I've taken a few calls today about, man, we're right at tassel, and I know we were trying to get fungicide out before that, but here we are. The tassels are coming out. What do we do at this point? And then, of course, there's some folks that are already past that. So, yeah, there's there's different conditions happening all across the country. So we'd love to hear from you. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. You can always email us as well, radio at agphd.com. All right. One of the things that I would say about our corn crop is, is dry. And we, I know we've been whining about it all year that, oh man, it's dry, it's dry. But you know what? It still looks okay. It still looks pretty good out there. And I, I'm really happy with that. We've we've done a lot of work on building a good root system. We've done a lot of work with um, tile to make sure we get plenty of oxygen in the soil, but also to make sure our root system can get down deep. And it's really paying off this year. We're our root system's as deep as I've ever seen it this early in the year. So looks fantastic. And hopefully we catch some rain. We get a little bit of sprinkles happening right now. And hopefully that turns into a nice rain shower here coming up today. When I think about some of the other things that we've done this year, one of the other things that I've started looking for is nutrient deficiency symptoms. And sometimes I'll see things right on our outside edge of the field. You know, maybe it didn't get quite as wide as you'd want with a, with a spreader or that kind of thing. But for the most part, our crop looks green all the way up and down. I think that's helping us too with with tolerance to the dry conditions that we've got. So you know, a lot of good things happening out there. A lot of things we can learn from this year, no matter how the corn crop turns out. But hopefully we catch that rain today. That would be a, be a nice break. Got Derek on with us right now from Missouri with a, a spring question. Derek, how you doing? Hey, Brian, Darren. Appreciate you guys having me today. You bet. You bet. What, uh, you um, have a question on spring and, and PPE, I hear. Yeah, a quick question for you. I do a little bit of food plot spraying. You guys have helped me on some flower question before. And I'm just trying to figure out what kind of mask or respirator should I use whenever I'm spraying like glyphosate or any other kind of herbicide. Okay, uh, good questions. I think this is one thing that we talk about a lot that that you have to think about the risks whenever you're doing some of these things. And obviously, if you've got a a big self-propelled sprayer with a fancy air system, you're not super worried about what you're wearing. If you're in a four-wheeler or uh, an open cab tractor or something like that, I'm guessing four-wheeler or what do you use, Derek? Yeah, Darren. So we actually use backpack sprayers. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I do a little bit of that around my house, around my house as well. So uh, the thing that I try to do, I, I always want to have rubber boots on, leather shoes. You can soak product into, and it can still get through and get to your skin. So I, I like to wear rubber boots, long pants, long shirt, rubber gloves, those kinds of things. And then, as, in terms of what you're wearing for a mask. Uh, I, I would definitely say you need to have eye protection just to be on the safe side. And uh, then uh, as far as a mask goes, I don't know if that's required by all products. 
that that would be something I would look at the MSDS sheet and it would tell you exactly what you need for PPE. Uh, Brian, when it comes to spraying glyphosate with a backpack sprayer, I don't believe you're required to wear a mask, but you certainly can just to be extra cautious. Got any comment on that, Brian? Yeah, I don't think you're required to wear a mask. Oh, and by the way, I'm actually driving through rain right now. I can't believe it. it's my first time driving through rain in forever, I think. Uh, so it's a little loud in my vehicle. But anyway, I was just going to say, you know, I'm not as worried about the mask as I am the boots and the gloves. And and for that matter, even the, the, the pants. Because whatever you're walking through, that stuff is going to come back up and get on you a little bit. Uh, so boots and pants are, are very, very important. Uh, as I see that, let's keep in mind, glyphosate is one of the safest pesticides that's ever been invented. It's never going to hurt anybody. But still, we have to follow the label. We want to be as careful with it as we can, and just like we would with all pesticides. So the active ingredient, glyphosate, is never going to hurt anybody. But the inert ingredients, they can be uh, a little bit caustic, and we just we, we want to we use caution as we do with all pesticides. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Darren. Appreciate you guys. You bet. You bet. Thanks, Derek. Yeah, yeah we, thanks. We, uh, we should talk about that a little bit more. We should actually you know, we talk about reading hey. a, a soil test. It wouldn't be a bad idea, Brian, to talk about reading an MSDS sheet as well someday and just walking yeah. through. It's pretty yep. self-explanatory, but, but still a good thing to, to be accustomed to. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing is just when we're talking about glyphosate in a backpack sprayer, we just did some yesterday ourselves. And the key thing is making sure you have a strong enough concentration because the last thing you want to have to do is go do the same work again. And I talk to so many people that say, ah, I don't know, my Roundup kind of worked or my 2,4-D that I sprayed out my lawn kind of worked. Make sure you have the rate correct because everybody walks at a different pace and moving that wand back and forth. Well, if you're walking fast and not uh, giving, getting a lot of coverage, you just need a higher rate. So keep that rate up, and, you know, I, we're never going to tell you to exceed the maximum labeled rate, but you want to get the maximum labeled rate on there. Otherwise, it's very probable you will not get great control. Yeah, I'm just looking at uh, Roundup Power Max's safety data sheet, and it says tightly sealed goggles, long sleeve shirt, long pants, shoes and socks, um, keep yeah, fresh water and, and, available. Yeah, and that's good, but you brought up a great point. Leather's bad. And just like, so what I used to wear is a Tyvek suit when I was spraying, um, and then I don't have any worries. A Tyvek suit costs like $3, so it's no big deal. Just get a Tyvek suit, rubber boots, and rubber gloves, and, and the goggles, and now you're in great shape. Yeah, keeping safe when you're out there spraying is really important. On today's program, our focus is going to be on the corn crop, and we'd love to get a corn crop update from you. We'd love to hear how the corn is looking on your farm or in your area. And our phone lines will be open throughout the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. We'll be right back. Weed control without the BS. That's more time to apply without wasting time. That's flexible tank mixing that doesn't bend the truth. That's near zero volatility with unmovable principles. With the Enlist weed control system, there is no sacrificing. Get better weed control with no ifs, ands, or buts at Enlist.com. Enlist.com. 
In an uncertain market, you need to maximize the quality and profitability of your stored grains by controlling profit-robbing insects. A tank mix of Daikon IGR and Sentinel EC insecticide, or Daikon IGR Plus, offers the long-term control of an insect growth regulator and the knockdown power of a broad-spectrum insecticide. Keep your grain clean with grain protectants from Central Life Sciences. To learn more, contact your local dealer or visit bugfreegrains.com. Join us for the Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 29th on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. We're putting on a full day that you won't want to miss. Yield champs will share about raising yields and profits. Industry experts will discuss drainage law, estate planning, grain marketing, and the H-2A program. Plus, we'll show you dozens of research plots and have equipment running out in the field from Case IH, John Deere, Agco, and more. Don't miss the free Ag PhD Field Day. Register now at agphd.com. If you've ever wondered how the Farmall got its name, here's an abbreviated list of the jobs the Case IH Farmall can do. Baling, cutting hay, feeding, hauling, loading, pulling, raking, cleaning barn, mixing feed, fertilizing, mowing, chopping, seeding, clearing, irrigating, furrowing, cultivating, hitching, digging, emergency tow, harrowing, hoisting, leading parades, excavating, grading. <sighs> Let's make it simple. This tractor does it all. So no matter what you're doing, can do comes in red. Farmall. Learn more at caseih.com farmall. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, and our phone lines are open throughout the show here in the Morton studio at 844-44-AG-PHD. We're getting a corn crop update, and we're always taking your calls and agronomic questions. Let's head out to eastern Iowa. We've got Larry with us right now with, it looks like some damage in the soybeans. Larry, what you got going on there? Uh, good afternoon, Darren. Thank you. Um, all of my soybeans got dinged with dicamba, Darn. and I'm pretty mad. Yeah, I'm a pretty small, small, a pretty small farmer. Um, forgive me, I'm not going to get this out good. Uh, what am, am I going to see some yield loss, and what can I do about this? You know, this is interesting. We've we've got some of the same stuff happening on our farm where we've got some cupping, and I don't know how bad the damage is, of course, but uh, we've got cupping. We've even got some plots where we planted different traits, and surprisingly, not surprisingly, the dicamba-tolerant beans aren't cupped, and the, and the other beans are. So it lets us know right away, okay, this is not just an environmental thing. This is not just, uh, you know, a problem that, that oh, there was, you know, something else that happened in the field. No, it's pretty clear. It's a dicamba issue, and, and I'm betting yours probably is too. And one of the things that we found that's been interesting too is when we've got neighboring fields that are enlist soybeans, so we knew they didn't spray dicamba there, but we've got cornfields in the area too, and we feel like the dicamba came out of a cornfield. And it's, it's frustrating because there are a couple of dicamba products that have labels that allow for later spraying in corn, and it's not regulated like the, the dicamba on soybeans is. So that, that leaves that window open where, where something bad can happen. So what we've found over the years is if our beans are cupped, but they're not significantly shortened, it usually doesn't hurt us in yield. In fact, in some cases, it's, it's as good or better. But I know that's hard to hear right now. That oh no, that's never going to happen. And we felt the same way, uh, and and we've been pleasantly surprised sometimes. So hopefully that's the case for you. Are you getting moisture? Are you getting rainfall in your area, or are you guys dry? No, no, we are dry. 
Dry, yeah. dry. Yep. Bad dry. Yeah, the dry doesn't help. I, I I really do feel like where we get moisture, we've got a much better chance of those plants recovering than than when we're already suffering from other stresses. So I, I wouldn't necessarily write it off right now and say, well, that's certainly going to hurt me five bushel, ten bushel more. Uh, I wouldn't say that yet, but uh, I would say your beans have a long window yet to be flowering and as long as it didn't severely shorten them, uh, it's probably for the most part going to be okay. But, but yeah, if they're, oh man, it shrunk them up to nothing. There's, there's almost certain to be some yield loss there. Um, well, you know, they're rough to look at the, the 28th of April's when they were planted, they aren't canopied yet. They're in 15 inch rows and they are flowering. Okay. Yeah. They're just, uh, it just makes you sick to see them, and I don't have a lot. Like I said, 200 acres, and there's a four-mile spread between these farms. And um, and they they both got you hit. You can tell I'm mad and frustrated. Oh, and I, I totally I, get it. And uh, they're in list beans. Yep. They're all in yep. list beans, uh, uh, two-sevens and two-eights. Do you see an even uh, cupping like the whole field, or do you see it worse on certain ends of the field? What What does it look like? No, you can walk the whole field corner to corner, all three places, and they're about all the same, like it nailed the whole field. Yeah, yeah, we've got a some of that ago, too, and that's that's puzzling to me because I could, I could easily see, you know, if it came just from one neighbor and one application that, okay, it's going to be worse along the end rows there, and then I'm not going to see it so bad further out in the field. But we've got some of that too where it's just kind of even across the whole field. I hate to, you know, I don't want to be a whiner and call the state because we can't do anything. Um, we don't have our samples back yet from Iowa State, but the, the seed man, the district man, and the sprayer man says I got nailed. Yeah. Yep. yep. Oh, one other thing I want to, whether this will make any sense to you or not, the sprayer man says he sees more damage in two brands of soybeans. And I don't know whether you want me to say what those are. Well, no, I don't want to throw anybody because under the bus here, but but I, I haven't I noticed have. that. I have not noticed that, that there's one brand or another that would have more or that that something would be more susceptible. I have, I have the one, and these would be one of the two biggies yep. in Iowa, and they were would have been bred over in Adel, Iowa. I think you understand the rest of that. <laughs> well, honestly, Larry, there's a lot of beans that are bred there that everybody's selling because because that program is huge. No, I don't think I don't think that any one brand has has more of a problem than others. I really don't because beans are very susceptible to dicamba. I mean, it does not take much. They're really really susceptible to it. So um, I, I don't believe that. I will with I will admit this morning they look a little better, but we're you know we're ninety five degrees today and and bright sunshine and um, they well, look better than they did last Monday. Okay, well that's that's a good sign, and I'd say this: if it's kind of an even thing across the field, that that makes me feel a little more encouraged than if it was just really scorched earth on one end of the field. Then then I'd say, ooh, that end of the field that's going to be tough, and that's definitely going to knock you off. Uh, some yield but but when it's even across the field I, I feel like okay maybe this will start recovering and if you see some new trifoliates coming out that aren't cupped up then it's kind of worked through the dicamba that it's had and and at this point nobody else is going to be spraying any so I, I certainly hope nobody's using that and 
ditches or that kind of thing because, man, it's dangerous. Yeah. It's it's just sickening, I guess, with the price of beans, and I'm pre-sold, and I'm scared, and what did I do here? And yep. Um, yep. Uh, I did have a ding last year in the middle of a field on this same farm, the opposite side of the rotation. That whole field made 64, so it didn't hurt the total yield. Yep, yep. Uh, well, I, well, I went through this a little bit last year. Yeah. Well, I'd say this, Larry. Call us back here in another couple of weeks. Let us know how it's going. I, I'm sure hopeful that you aren't taking a big yield hit. I'm sure hopeful that it's not something. If you do see them looking a little bit better, that is a great sign. And because it is all the way across the field, it's very frustrating. But but also it lets me feel like, okay, it, it couldn't have been the super high dose, but it doesn't take much dose to make cupping. There's no doubt about that. So I'm sure hopeful for the best. Is it true that that stuff can get up and move a mile and a half? Oh, yeah, it can move. It definitely can move, especially if you're in a valley. You know, that'd be the other thing. If you're in a valley and you say, man, I'm I'm low ground compared to stuff around me, that it can definitely move that way easier. Um, I'll let you go one more thing. Our corn is trying to tassel. It was planted in the third week of April and went through, you know, a pretty bad cold Yep. Didn't emerge good spring. And there are people around here that are starting to sell sweet corn. Okay. So that's what's going on. Today, my corn crop looks fantastic, and it is not rolled up, but it has been. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I don't know about your area. We're getting more humidity now than we were for quite a while there. We we just weren't getting much for even dew. So. Well, it, it's bad today. It wouldn't be any fun making hay. <laughs> we, we did that Sunday. Yep, yep. I know. I know exactly so, what you mean. <laughs> that's what's going on. And uh, uh, thank you guys for whoever sending me the magazine. I get a lot out of it. Oh, thanks, Larry. We really appreciate that. Well, good luck. I, I did I, not sign. I did not sign up for it, but I'm glad I'm getting it because I've even passed it on to two guys who did sign up. Oh, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you. We we do appreciate that. So, it, uh, I really find the stuff about the water interesting, about treating the water. I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, and, and it got talked about a lot back in the 1990s, and then it just kind of got dropped for a long time that that people weren't thinking about that. But now, especially with all the microbial-type products, it's getting to be a big deal. And then certainly with some of the drift issues that we're seeing uh, and volatility issues, the the water quality and, and water pH definitely has something to do with that too. Well, Larry, we got to run, but but do stay okay. in t- do stay in touch with us. I, I want to hear more about this uh, these soybeans, and I hope hope to hear next time you call. You saying okay, they they're starting to look okay. Uh, I'll well, feel better. They're, but, they're better than they were last Monday. Let's put it that way. You bet. You bet. Well, thank you, Larry. Thank we you. really appreciate it. We're we're getting a corn crop update as we head around the the country today. We'd love to hear from you. Our phone lines are open at eight four four forty four AG PhD. And if you have an agronomic question, uh, we'll tackle that as well. Stay tuned. Get maximum spray drift control with Pentair Hypro Ultra Low Drift Max Nozzles, the ideal nozzle for dicamba and 2,4-D applications, providing up to 95% drift reduction. Ensure you get the best coverage on hard-to-hit targets. Learn more at pentair.com hypro.
Get an extra semi-load out of your grain bin. The end zone from FarmShop MFG can increase your stored beans moisture from 10 to 13%. On a 20,000 bushel bin, that's a free extra semi-load. Visit FarmShopMFG.com for more. Help keep the toughest, most resistant diseases out of your fields with Lucento Fungicide from FMC. An exclusive novel premix of two modes of action delivers broad-spectrum control and a long-lasting protective residual. Tackle key diseases in corn, soybeans, wheat, peanuts, and sugar beets. Choose Lucento Fungicide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or lucento.ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions for use. Maintaining your crops is as important now as it's ever been. Howler, a revolutionary fungicide from AgBiome, can help. It provides long-lasting protection from a broad spectrum of foliar and soil diseases that affect crops. Howler is OMRI listed, has multiple modes of action, and has minimal pre-harvest and re-entry intervals. It's flexible, easy to use, and is available right now. Visit agbiome.com forward slash Howler to learn more. Please join us for the Ag PhD Field Day coming up Thursday, July 29th on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day is the largest farm field day in America, and we have a lot planned again this year. We host the event just one day each year as a way to say thank you for listening to Ag PhD Radio and watching Ag PhD TV. We have free admission, free parking, and free food and drinks throughout the day. We've got yield champs from across the country speaking about raising higher yields and increasing profits. We also have speakers on drainage law, estate planning, changes in farm tax laws, grain marketing, and the H-2A program. Plus, we'll show you some of the dozens of research plots we're working on. Rob Sharkey will be there to do a live Shark Farmer radio show, and we'll have equipment both on display and running out in the field from Case IH, John Deere, Agco, and more. Don't miss the free Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 29th. Go to agphd.com to learn more and register. When it comes to crop disease, the longer you wait, the more damage you do. Stop the clock on crop disease with DuPont Approach Prima Fungicide from Corteva AgriScience. Approach Prima Fungicide quickly surrounds the surface of the plant for rapid absorption, then moves throughout the plant, providing full protection of each leaf and stem, even those that have yet to emerge. Uptake occurs on day one for healthier corn, soybean, or wheat crop that can deliver higher yield potential and increased revenue per acre. For more information, visit approachprima.corteva.us or your local crop protection retailer. Always read and follow label directions. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, getting a corn crop update. And we'd love to hear from you. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. Let's head over to Wisconsin. We've got Mark with us right now. Mark, how are you doing? Just wonderful yourself. Well, pretty good. I, I was really glad I got a chance to catch up with you at the Ag PhD Young Farmers event. That was that was fun, and we got a little sprinkle that day. And when I walked into the radio studio today, it was sprinkling again. So hopefully, hopefully, you're good luck for us, Mark. We might have to have you on more often. Uh, oh well, I would certainly enjoy doing that. I enjoyed catching up with you also. Uh, as far as how the crops look, um, you know, I really don't want to make anyone. I don't want to rub it in that we're getting rain and other <laughs> and, guys and you aren't. also don't want to jinx it that that all this dry weather I don't you're want to jinx about. it. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> well, uh, 
Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, we're, we're sure happy when anybody's got a good crop coming. That's, that's awesome. As much work as it is, as much risk as everybody takes, uh, putting, you know, all their money out there in the field and then just hoping the weather turns out so we get a crop. I, I'm super happy for any farmer that has success. So it's good to hear. So what would you say? Do the corn, does the corn look better? The beans look better. They both look good for you. Um, they both look really good other than we were getting dry and then we got a couple of just massive rains. One was two inches, one was an inch and a half. And now I know I'll get a lecture from Brian on this, but where the wet spots are, they're starting to show the beans anyways, they're starting to show excessive moisture stress. So they're getting a little bit yellow. Uh, we're putting in tile. We haven't gotten it tiled all yet, but we keep plugging away at it. You bet. You bet. Well, it doesn't all happen overnight. Number one, it takes a a lot of time, but it also takes a lot of money to do it all. So I don't blame you for, uh, Hey, it takes a little time to get all those things accomplished, but glad to hear you got some decent rains too. And I think when we're dry, that's one of the things that, that is important too, that we get a good soaker where it actually gets down in there a little way. So at least you're plumb full. I, I don't think you have to worry about getting any heat or any sunlight to, to dry things back out eventually here, but hopefully it comes soon for you. Yeah. Yeah, stuff looks really good. Hey, one other thing, Mark, I was just going to say thanks to you. I, I guess and for all our listeners, so Mark was at the Young Farmers event that we had uh, a week ago Saturday, and and one of the fun things about that, we got to catch up just a little bit about some of the gardening things that, that Mark was doing. He's, sounds like you're raising a lot of different crops out there, Mark. I don't know when you find time to get it all done, but uh, it was really fun just listening to you a little bit about what you're doing for weed control and those kinds of things so uh, the gardening is more successful. Yeah, fun fact, my uncle uh, tells me that your time is worth about four $500 an hour at planting time. And so once in a while, I mean, obviously I would try to get the planting done first, but I'd plant sweet potatoes and I'd give my uncle sweet potatoes and I'd tell him each potato costs us three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he loved hearing that one. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, it is your time is super valuable. Certain times of the year, but you're right. You got to just like with your crop. There's a certain time where if you want that garden to be successful, it's got to go in the ground. Well, hey Mark, uh, we got to run, but really appreciate catching up with you. Stay in touch. Thanks. Bye bye. Uh, let's head out to Georgia. Got our friend Caleb on here right now. Caleb, how's it going out there? Mark says he's got good crap. How about you? Hey, Darren. How's it going? Yeah, we've got a pretty good crop here in South Georgia for sure this year. Awesome. Awesome. That is really good to hear. What What are you seeing that, that is leading you to that direction? What, what, what stage is your corn at and, and how do the fields look? Well, our corn is, the majority of it's at R5, so we're only about two weeks away from maturity. And and we've been catching plenty of rain in the last few weeks, and the temperatures have actually been uh, unusually moderate 
for us here. I can't remember the last time we saw 90 degrees, and wow. usually this time of year we're consistently 95 to 100. And so that's really helped the corn, and uh, the crops look very, very good, especially the corn, and the peanuts and cotton are coming on as very good as well. The only thing the rainy weather has brought it our way is plenty of disease pressure, so it's been having to keep us on our toes to stay ahead of that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I, I, and I know we, we're the same way. If we get rain, we know we're going to have to fight some disease out there. And uh, when when you look at in the cotton fields right now, what stage of growth are you at and, and what are some of the management things you're doing there? Cotton, there's cotton at pretty much every growth stage that I can think of around here. It was It was kind of tough earlier in the year when it was time to plant cotton. So there was a lot of replants in the area. So right now, the earliest cotton, it is blooming and starting to set bowls on that will uh, continue to mature. But then there's also cotton that it's two to four leaves uh, just coming out of the ground a couple weeks ago. And so it's trying to stay ahead of the pests and disease pressure on that, as well as making sure that our top dress and side dress applications of nitrogen and potassium get applied on the cotton this time of year. Yeah, our attempts to grow cotton here at the Ag PhD Field Day site, and I'm I'm sure Glenn's got some. I didn't see for sure, but I think Glenn does have some cotton in there again this year. Uh, we've had people from the south say, "Oh boy, Darren, your cotton's not going to make it." Now we aren't trying to make it to harvest here. We're just trying to show some things, whether it be uh, a new cotton new cotton genetics or or more likely weed control or or different things disease control those types of things in cotton but uh yeah you say two to four leaf stage i mean i'm certain that farmers that have that are still planning on they're going to harvest this year so a little different growing season <laughs> yeah. there how about with the peanuts heard, uh, oh, oh go ahead it, that's actually what i was going to say i heard that you may have some peanuts up there uh, this some, year somebody might have helped us out with that yeah we appreciate that uh and <laughs> you know we had a we had a few different crops this year that glenn put in and and some of them more successful than others but he said the peanuts look like the best he's ever raised here so he was happy about that yeah that's the same way they are here too uh Last year, we fought a lot of seed quality issues that really plagued us from start to finish. And this year, the quality of seed has been leaps and bounds better. And uh, the peanuts just look vibrant, and they've already canopied even after about 45 to 50 days, which is really, really good. And if the weather cooperates, I think we'll be looking at a good crop. We won't tell the marketers that, but <laughs> that's what we're going for. Absolutely. I totally hear you on that one. Yeah, my sister Janelle follows you on social media a lot more than I do, and, and she said you've been posting some great pictures, so she was kind of excited to hear what you had to say today when you said the crop was good. That's that's fantastic. We're, we're super happy for you. Yep, yep. We're uh, anxious to get the combine ready and see what the – yields end up being at the end of the year yeah well a couple of weeks away from black layer on corn that the fun is just about to get rolling here we're talking with caleb down in the state of georgia caleb thanks for calling in we really appreciate it and stay in touch thanks darren good to hear from you you bet uh, i've got max uh, down in nebraska right now max we got about a minute before we got to take a commercial break but i thought i could at least get a get a question out from you and then we could could talk about it right after the break what you got going on max 
I've got a question. If you've got any experience with using folic acid and sugar at planting time on soybeans. Okay. Well, uh, we, we definitely have done a number of those different things. We, We've been doing a lot more with fulvic acid than we have necessarily with sugar, but but we've certainly done those things at planting times on, time on beans. Um, we can talk about that here just a little bit. we got to take a quick break, so if you can hopefully hang on with us, I'd love to dig into that just a little bit more. Is that okay? Sure. All right. Uh, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, and our phone lines are open today at 844 844- 44 Ag PhD. When we get back, we're going to tackle Max's question about sugar and fulvic acid at planting time on soybeans. Stay tuned. Do you need to replant soybeans due to cold temperatures, heavy rains, or another weather event? Weeds don't seem to care, and you have limited options for last-minute weed control. This is when you turn to Spitfire herbicide from New Farm. Unlike other Phenoxy herbicides, Spitfire can be applied up to seven days before planting. Fields treated with the dual active power of Spitfire will benefit from weed control that will ease planting and help your beans establish a good stand. Spitfire from New Farm, here to help. No matter what time of the year it is on your farm, with a Bayer Plus Rewards program, earning and redeeming rewards are always in season. Because when you buy two or more eligible seed or crop protection products throughout the year, you earn $3 per acre in cashback rewards. Cash you can redeem and reinvest in your farm later in the season. That's Bayer Plus Rewards. And that's how we're helping make every part of your season, well, rewarding. Visit MyBayerPlus.com to learn more. See program terms and conditions for full details. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. Please join us for the Ag PhD Field Day coming up Thursday, July 29th on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day is the largest farm field day in America, and we have a lot planned again this year. We host the event just one day each year as a way to say thank you for listening to Ag PhD Radio and watching Ag PhD TV. We have free admission, free parking, and free food and drinks throughout the day. We've got yield champs from across the country speaking about raising higher yields and increasing profits. We also have speakers on drainage law, estate planning, changes in farm tax laws, grain marketing, and the H-2A program. Plus, we'll show you some of the dozens of research plots we're working on. Rob Sharkey will be there to do a live Shark Farmer radio show, and we'll have equipment both on display and running out in the field from Case IH, John Deere, Agco, and more. Don't miss the free Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 29th. Go to agphd.com to learn more and register. Revitec fungicide from BASF has been specifically developed for the selective soybean grower who doesn't compromise. If you think good is good enough, if you're okay with just achieving rather than overachieving, if average is your goal, this is not the fungicide for you. Revitec fungicide, brand new chemistry, three no excuse modes of action, zero modes of compromise. Sounds like the fungicide for you. Revitec fungicide from BASF, that's smart. Always read and follow label directions. 
You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Our phone lines are open throughout the show today at 844-442-4743. That's 844-44-AG-PHD. Got Max on with us just before the break. We we got started with this question. He wanted to talk a little bit about using fulvic acid and sugar at planting time on soybeans. All right, Max, uh, did you try that this year on your farm? No, the, the situation is I'm in a corn bean rotation, and uh, usually we drill the beans the same time we start planting corn. Okay. And in the past, I'll always try several boxes of treated seed, and I've never been able to see any difference in emergence or yield on treated beans. And I've I've gone, I've traded my drill off, and I'm going to a, a, a row planter, a 20-inch planter, and I don't know whether to set the cost up to go ahead and, and put this on with it because I won't be doing starter fertilizer. It will be strictly for this purpose. Okay. And uh, a, local, a local progressive agronomist has got people that's been trying this that do this instead of seed treatment and seeing pretty good response with it, but it's been kind of a limited, uh, a limited information. Sure. Sure. Okay. So, uh, I, I guess my experience with seed treatments have been pretty good. We typically have disease, at least in parts of our fields each year and putting a fungicide on and an insecticide on normally pays us well. It doesn't pay well every year, but, but we, we do believe in that and on, on our farm we're doing that. But as far as using things like fulvic acid and sugar and these types of things in the furrow. I also think that's not a bad idea too. I I like the fulvic acid a lot, especially if I've got higher organic matter soils like two and a half or three percent or more. If I've got less than that for organic matter in my soil test, I like humic acid better than fulvic acid. But if I've got high organic matter, just the fulvic has been great. The sugar, the the good and the bad with the sugar is that it feeds indiscriminately. So the sugar provides food for the good microbes. It also provides food for the bad microbes. So you can see a, a disease problem get amplified that way potentially or, or, or some sort of issue get amplified, but you also could see the good things get amplified. So our, our studies just on straight sugar have mostly not paid, but we had one trial that paid really well. And so it's like, ah, if you average it all out, it was kind of a wash. And so we haven't been doing that, but it's certainly something that you could do and, and it doesn't cost a lot. So to, to run a few trials, that's not a big deal if you're set up, but that's kind of your question. Is it worth the money to get set up to put stuff in furrow if you aren't really planning on doing any starter? That's, that's a good question. Um, because we, we are set up to do yeah. stuff in furrow. We do think that that's a great option for a lot of different things, especially with some of the microbial things that are coming. So uh, our feeling is, yeah, we do it because we have done it on on uh, both planters that we're running. But it's up to you. I guess you, the tough thing is to do the trial work. You kind of have to have the setup to be able to do it even. Yeah, and it, it only has to be something like this because – in my past years, I've learned I will not put starter fertilizer on any seed, corn, or beans anymore. And we just see better better emergence, better stand, better germination on if we keep the starter totally away from the seed. 
uh, we keep our fertility up. We're we're two six to two eight on our organic matter. Okay. And like I said, we keep the fertility up pretty good on everything. We'll spread dry every year, plus still put quite a bit of uh, starter on with the corn. Okay. Um, the you talked about the fungicides and stuff. Naturally, I don't do anything early, or but like right now, we're within a week from putting fungicide and three different insecticides on our beans, which will be a total broadcast okay. that we'll do for later. Sure. The phytophthora and things, we haven't had a problem. We, I just try to pick, you know, uh, varieties that have some resistance to that, but it hasn't been a problem. Okay, but, good. Uh, yeah, that's good. my problem is whether I spend the, spend the money to set the planter up just, just for this purpose because I won't use it for a starter fertilizer because I won't put it on the seed. It takes, gotcha. And that's a different different scenario. Now, uh, just out of curiosity, do you have a bid on how much it would cost or kind of a rough idea what it would cost to set the planter up? Yeah, it'll take, you know, fifteen, sixteen thousand $16,000 to set the planter up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's not cheap. I, I mo- mostly ask that, and I realize it depends on what size of planter and everything else, but... I mostly ask those questions about cost because a lot of our non-farm listeners, they're they're always amazed. They're like, "What? It costs tens of thousands of dollars for this?" Like, yes, it does. Because a lot of times they'll think, "Well, farmers are just kind of throwing stuff out there willy nilly." No, it's real money. It's a huge expense, and I don't care how big a farmer you are, that's still a significant expense. When, when you tried any of this, did you see any difference in emergence or plant health early? Well, uh, we, you know what? We're doing more with fulvic this year, and it has been good. And we've got, uh, well, my, my brother's uh, oldest son is is kind of doing like an intern role this summer. So he's he's out in the field doing a lot of digging and, you know, all those jobs that we did growing up, and, and we still do some of them, but, but we've got him doing a lot of hands-on stuff. And, yeah, he's really been positive on that this year. So uh, he, he said, man, I've really noticed a difference where we did. Now, will it amount to much yield? I don't know. You know, jury's still out on that. It's way too early to tell on soybeans, but but he's been really happy with what he's seen with it. I know that. I do do it on the corn. We'll add boron, boron and fulvic with our starter on the corn that we plant. Okay. Planting time, but uh, never tried it on the soybeans, mainly because naturally the drill has never been set up for it. Right, right. Yep. Well, I I, I think it's worth trying. I think it'd be good. And I, I don't know. I guess if uh, you've got other people that are doing that, like you said, you've got somebody trying to sell you on this, that, hey, this is a good idea. It's been working for others. You can always go look at their stuff too, and do some digging yourself, and see see what you see. Okay, uh, corn update. We're within about five days from starting the tassel here. Um, did have a pretty good band of hail went through, probably about a seventy five mile area. You know, naturally hit and miss with it. Uh, has not a lot of rain with it. We got about uh, three different quarter inch rains with it, so. The heel time has been fairly decent. We're, we're, I am mostly all irrigated. We are on our fifth time around on a lot of these pivots, so it has, has not been by no means a wet spring for us, but uh, any wet spots they are, they're all looking really good. None of them's drowned it out. But, uh, yep. Except for the hail problems, uh, the crop looked really good. The stand counts were good. 
our beans were really sluggish on growing. We just don't have much height to them. They finally come along better in the last four or five days, but they have really been small all spring long, and they are they are flowering now. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's been been slow coming on some of these bean fields. I, I think they've really looked better the last couple of weeks here. I think they've they've really started to pop. But I agree with you. There are a lot of slow coming soybean fields this year. Awesome. Well, thank you for the update, Max. We really appreciate it. I know you got a big financial decision about how you want to set that planter up, but uh, if it was me, I'd do it. I've seen enough on our farm to to be for it, but. Um, but yeah, I just do what you can to to do some digging on some guys that are doing it near you. Okay, well, thank you for the information. You bet. Thanks a lot, Max. Really appreciate it. Uh, let's head over to Wisconsin. We got Todd on with us right now, and Todd, uh, it did the same thing last break. We only got about a minute before break, so if if I could, I'd love to hang you on through the break. But I I just wanted to get to you as quick as I could. Yep. No, that's no problem. So, how do you rate your corn crop? One to ten right now. What are you seeing? My corn crop is a 10, but I have all heavy clay ground, valley ground, and uh, irrigated ground looks good. The dry land sands or lighter ground is is poor. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's just been that summer, hasn't it? Well, you know, we were just down today, Brandon and I were down in, in some low ground on one of our fields, and... The corn has grown a foot and a half in the last week, and yeah, getting close, only just a couple leaves away from tassel in that spot. So yeah, the low ground had some advantages this year. Well, Todd, hang on if you can. I'd love to talk to you just a little bit more. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Stay tuned. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. AgroLiquid is precision crop nutrition. That means being committed to product performance, to research and field testing, and to superior agronomics. Most of all, AgroLiquid is committed to delivering precisely the right nutrition in the right way, including seed-safe planter plus side dress applications and foliar applications with low burn risk. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Morton Buildings knows that great buildings need great people, and we want you to be the newest member of our team. Morton is expanding its construction crew, and we're seeking new and experienced candidates to fill our crew member positions. Morton provides great pay and training, so be a part of the next generation to build Morton. Don't let the opportunity to join the best construction crew in the business pass you by. Learn more on our careers page at mortonbuildings.com. Please join us for the Ag PhD Field Day coming up Thursday, July 29th on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day is the largest farm field day in America, and we have a lot planned again this year. We host the event just one day each year as a way to say thank you for listening to Ag PhD Radio and watching Ag PhD TV. 
We have free admission, free parking, and free food and drinks throughout the day. We've got yield champs from across the country speaking about raising higher yields and increasing profits. We also have speakers on drainage law, estate planning, changes in farm tax laws, grain marketing, and the H-2A program. Plus, we'll show you some of the dozens of research plots we're working on. Rob Sharkey will be there to do a live Shark Farmer radio show, and we'll have equipment both on display and running out in the field from Case IH, John Deere, Agco, and more. Don't miss the free Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 29th. Go to agphd.com to learn more and register. Your soil, your season, your edge. Make the new three-point Soil Warrior Edge from Environmental Tillage Systems your strip tillage system. Because you don't get to choose the condition of your soil, the Soil Warrior Edge is engineered to handle whatever's in your fields. And that same durable engineering goes the extra acre when that's what you have to do. The new Soil Warrior Edge three-point mounted strip till system. Learn more at SoilWarrior.com. Thanks for joining us on Ag PhD Radio today. We really appreciate it. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. If you'd like to call in, we're getting a corn crop update. We'd love to hear how your crop's doing. Or if you have an agronomic question, we'd love to help you out as well. Just before the break, we started talking with Todd in Wisconsin, who gives most of his crop a 10 this year, or at least his corn crop. That's fantastic, Todd. We're, we're super happy about that. How about the bean crop up in your area? What's that look like? Hey. Heavy soils on skin are pretty decent, and even the light soils, they're okay. They still got time to get yield out of the beans. But uh, uh, we do everything 100% no-till into expanding corn stalks, so it it takes a little bit longer for them to really be looking good. But after, I come home after being gone for five days to the cabin, and in them five days with the heat we had this last weekend, and everything's full canopy now and, fl- and starting to flower pretty decent. So, hey. They're good, you know, and they'll they'll be good. We've gotten a few questions in about alfalfa and what the hay crop is looking like. Are you raising any hay, or you got some hay around you, and how's that look? Well, so I have 10 center pivots that we have been doing pretty much continuous corn for the last 17 years or whatever I think it has been since we put irrigation in. And we had been raising corn silage for a big mega dairy near us, and they approached us about seeding it into all into alfalfa. And so we did two of them last year. We did the rest of them all this year. And, you know, it's a win-win for us because rotating it through alfalfa. And uh, I tell you, the new seeding was really, really tough because it was, especially early June, you couldn't keep, we've run four rounds on the pivots already. So it's about three three inches of water or so. And uh, you just couldn't keep enough water on them, that new seeding. And then it froze early, but it, we, we reseeded maybe a hundred acres and I know that dairy reseeded about 800 acres of new seeding alfalfa that just, especially on the dry land, it, it just, there's no root system there and it just dried up and died. Oh. That's all there is to it. it yeah. Yeah. You know, what a, what a tough year for trying to get stuff going. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Thank God for seed warranties. I guess. <laughs> I was going to say it's not cheap seed either for my goodness, especially well, for that many acres. Well, these guys you know they're real particular on you know cutting windows and so everything's getting changed over to this harv extra alfalfa and this and the, it's not cheap as right you know for seeding alfalfa 
Yeah, and then the other side of it too is they're counting on a certain amount of food. And and granted, first year they weren't counting on a huge crop compared to once you get it established. But but yeah, that kind of changes right. their plans up. First crop hay was very short, and uh, second crop hay, which we just we just finished second crop this last week. My boy actually works for a big custom harvester, so they're about in the middle of their eight thousand acre round trip of hay per crop, and. Uh, Second crop is quite a little bit better than first crop. Awesome, awesome. Well, Todd, uh, thanks for for hanging on there. Really appreciate, really appreciate the update. And thanks for the the little story about the center pivots and the alfalfa as well, because we we're really curious about that too. We got a big dairy moving in by us, and and they're talking about alfalfa, and that's yeah something we might be involved in here before too long as well. Yep, no problem. You guys have a good day. You bet. You too. Let's head over to Minnesota. We got Kurt on with us. Kurt, how you doing? Oh, not too bad. All right, so we're we're getting the corn crop update today, and if yours is looking amazing, it's okay. We you don't have to feel bad about it. How how does the corn crop look? Well, it looks better than I would think it could look. Um, we've uh, received uh, uh, on the high side two and a half inches since uh, we started seeding this spring. Wow. Um, yep. That's, that's so, not a lot. That's not for your part of Minnesota. No, that's way behind. Way behind. Uh, corn started rolling in the heat in, in June already. Um, so, uh, it, it looks better than I would think it could look. Um, but we've got to have been taking off of yield already. Um, I just don't know how much. You know, okay, so let's talk about that. So we, we think about, all right, we know we've got this moisture stress issue and, and you're not farming too far away from us. I know the kind of heat that you've been getting, it's been brutal. So what are you doing to try to reduce stress? Have you found anything that helps? Um, no, I don't have access to irrigation here. And um, about the only thing that I've done uh, to uh, help mitigate stress is uh, the product Weather King. Um, I have put that on um, on some of my acres, uh, but I've I've cut back on you know I was going to do more fungicide on corn and stuff. Um, did strip trials on it for this year, but uh, I didn't do any whole field applications. Yeah, it's tough to know uh, what to do on the dryland acre and how much money to throw after stuff. We're out actually doing some today on our farm, and Brandon and I talked about that a little bit too. And he's like, "Well, what do you think? <laughs> are we going to guess that that we're going to get rain eventually here, or are we going to we going to think that it's just never going to change?" And I said, "No, we're going to be optimistic. We're going to we're going to go for it, and it's not that much money when we can do it ourselves." And that was really the deciding factor that our corn is short and we could still get through it with our heggy. And so we thought, well, let's just give it a shot. But man, if we had to pay a plane to get in, I'm not sure if we would have done it or not, but we have seen it reduce stress in the past. So I think we would have done it, but probably what you did, probably not done the whole thing like, like we're doing with the ground rig. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been doing, uh, my, uh, tissue samples and stuff uh potassium has been short all year i would ass- even though i've been applying heavier amounts i would assume that is just due to the lack of moisture that it yeah. just can't access it yep 
Yep. Yeah, we're we're seeing some stuff too that uh, I know. Just talking with Rob here, uh, one of our agronomists that that Kurt knows really well for the rest of our listeners benefit here. Uh, I talked with Rob about that, looking at our tissue samples on our farm. Uh, he's like, you know, I know that it's out there. <laughs> there's there's just a lack of moisture to get it into the root system, and we've got our roots are so deep, and there's there's some moisture that the crop must be finding because it's still surviving. But yeah, the the buildup of nutrients down at 12 inches, 18 inches down is nothing like it is in the top six inches. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the root balls on uh, corn look uh, really good this year. Uh, I was all stripped till this year except for the ground that got manure. And uh, so those are still looking uh, quite good. But that... I don't know the actual name of it, the triangle of yield, the, the yep, first five yep. nodes. I am starting to lose those. Those are starting to change color a little bit, which I don't like to see, but yet I can't believe it didn't happen earlier. Yeah, I think it, what you're kind of getting at here too, uh, what Kurt's talking about is is just slicing open corn stalks all the way down through the root system and just seeing, hey, is that tissue still healthy? Are we still moving water and nutrients up through the plant or or are we, we running into problems down there? And there have been a lot of guys in our area that have seen severe rootworm feeding this year and uh, I don't think Kurt's got that going on, but uh, I know that we've, sent, we've seen some really nasty looking pictures of Corn. It looked it looked uh, not terrible above ground, but as soon as you got down in the top couple inches, it didn't look good. So I'd encourage anybody listening: do what Kurt's doing, do some digging, split open some stalks, see see what's going on out in your field to try and better understand things. Uh, Kurt, real, real quick, we got just a couple minutes left, but uh, how does the bean crop look in your area? I know soybeans seem to hang on a little bit better even than corn does. Sometimes the beans still look okay. They look okay. They're very spotty. Um, anything that you did that stressed them a little more, uh, the spots have really showed up. Uh, the IDC, uh, our very worst spots have been uh, tiled a little heavier and stuff. They're not looking too bad, but the the rise past that is what's really showing IDC this year. Um, but for the most part, beans are hanging on. I think some rain and they would come around yet because beans pretty much can come around unless they die. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, and one other thing, I guess, before, uh, before I let you run, Kurt, and, I, and thank you so much. Really appreciate uh, hearing what's going on in your farm and what you're doing. Uh, Kurt brings up a great point. He's pulling plant tissue analysis. He's checking what the nutrient levels are in the plant. And he made the comment about potassium is short, even though he's been fertilizing for that pretty heavy. Uh, and he suspects, like I do, as soon as we get some rain, it's going to feed into the plant. So to learn that on your own farm, do some tissue testing now and then do some tissue testing after a rain and see how those levels change. Kurt, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. If we catch some rain, we'll try and send it your way. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. Uh, it's a fun day getting getting a crop update as as we travel around. In some areas, doing really well. We started off our show with Mark who up in Wisconsin. Said he's got a great crop, and uh, and that was wonderful to hear. Todd in Wisconsin said he had a really good crop coming, but certainly a lot of dry areas out there too. So hopefully everybody catches that rain that they need. Which at this time, our crops pull a lot of moisture out of the ground. Thanks for listening today. Really appreciate it. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.